Good afternoon, Moneyliners community. This is Chris Nichols, CEO of Moneyliners.com, coming to you on this Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, for our third podcast episode in Season 1. I'm going to apologize in advance. I did share with you yesterday that we would talk about the good, bad, and ugly in college football coaches. But after recent tragic events at the University of Virginia, as well as the University of Idaho, we're going to go off script and change topics today. And I'm going to share with you some of my frustrations and thoughts on the violence that we see in this country. First of all, let me say I'm deeply sorry to the families of Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Mike Collins, juniors from the University of Virginia football team who tragically left their families on Monday. I also want to say I'm sorry to the families of four University of Idaho students, Ethan Chapin, Madison Mogan, Zanna Kernodal, and Kaylee Gonclaves. Seven college students gone over the past 72 hours from their families. I want to disclose to you today my political affiliation. I think it's very important to get that out and in the open because I will from time to time speak from a political perspective. First of all, I am not a Republican, nor am I a Democrat. I am a registered libertarian. Not that a libertarian is ever going to likely be president of the United States, but I am a libertarian because I don't agree with either side of the aisle on 99% of their agendas and their childish behavior that I have seen most of my life that's going on 50 years. I believe the last American president that we had was Ronald Reagan, and I was just a child when he was president. Since then, we have gone further and further and further away from the center of the aisle working together for the benefit of the American people. Recently, we fell completely off of the cliff our last two presidents, Donald J. Trump and Joe Biden, are complete embarrassments for leadership of this country. So I want to get that out in the open because if I say my thoughts, I certainly don't want our listeners to say, well, that's, that's coming from a Trumpster or that's coming from an extremely liberal Democrat. I think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are just as bad as Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham. Now, with that being said, I want to talk a little bit about where we are today and how we got here. First of all, the shootings at the University of Virginia by a former teammate that I will not name of his three former teammates was a cowardly act. It was a targeted act from a person that's clearly mentally unstable and needs significant help. They've not found the killer at the University of Idaho that took the lives of those four young students with a knife or a sharp object yet to be identified. I sure hope they find that individual who clearly is mentally unstable and needs a lot of help. You see, this isn't about a gun. This is about a person that chose to take the innocent life of someone else. And it doesn't matter whether it's a gun, a knife, a rock, 
water, a car, it doesn't matter what is being used as a choice to end the life of someone else. In my opinion, there are only two times that a human being should ever choose to take the life of someone else. One is in an act of war. We have United States troops that serve our branches of the military to protect our country, our democracy, and our freedoms. And over the course of our history as a country, we have seen wars where action has to be taken to protect that democracy. That's number one. Number two is during a home invasion to protect your family itself, your children, your wife, your spouse. That is the other time that someone should have the right and authority to end the life of someone else. Let's talk about guns specifically for a minute because I'm going to squash both sides of the aisle. First of all, I staunchly believe in the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. That is a foundational belief of the Libertarian Party. I believe that every person has the right to bear arms. When you think about the Constitution and how that amendment came to be, it was to protect us for our, from our government becoming tyrannical and dictating or ruling us by authority versus electorally. And we also have the right to protect our personal property and our home with force. So I strongly align with the Republican or Libertarian view that we should all have the right to bear arms. However, I'm going to move to the other side of the aisle and say, tell me why you staunch Republican, die-hard, don't-tread-on-me, flag-waving human being do you need to have an assault rifle, a machine gun, or a 30-round clip at the bottom of your semi-automatic AR-15? The last time I checked, never in this country's history have we been invaded by a foreign country from the land, sea, air, I don't think that China or Russia has ever dropped paratroopers into this country that you would need to lock yourselves up, get yourself a post at the top of your chimney with your semi-automatic rifle. I do remember Red Dawn. I remember it very clearly. It was a movie. Myself, I own three guns. All three of them are handguns. One is a 9mm, one is a 380. And the other one is a 357. One is in my glove box as I am a concealed carry permit holder. And it is in that glove box to protect my family as we drive along in case somebody loses their mind and comes after my family on the road. The other one is in upstairs in my home and the other one is downstairs. Both of them are behind lock and key and only my fingerprints can unlock those boxes. Those three weapons are registered, purchased legally, and are mine. And they will only be used to protect my family. I do not hunt. Now, I've been called a coward or sissy or whatever you want to call me because I don't have the ability 
to shoot an animal out in the forest that's just minding their own business, chewing on some grass. I've never had to starve or kill an animal for food. If that day ever comes, I'm sure that I would be able to pull the trigger and kill a deer so that my family can eat. But I do not choose to do that for sport or entertainment as long as I can afford my own beef and feed my family. I have nothing against those that do. I know that many people enjoy it. It's just not for me. So I want to plant the seed here that I am not on either side of the fence. I see viewpoints on both sides. But what the issue is here isn't about guns. The issue is about violence. The issue is where our country is today in how we treat one another. How we speak to one another. Our manners. Our greetings. Our language. Our viewpoints of someone different than us. You see, when I was growing up 40 years ago plus, I remember my grandparents would be driving in a car and we would stop and let someone pull out of a gas station parking lot. And they would throw their arm up and wave and give a nod and saying, thank you. Now as almost 50 year old today, I do that often because my grandfather did. And most of the time, nine times out of 10, no one acknowledges what I just did for them. Same can be said about holding a door open at a restaurant. My grandfather used to do that for other people, mostly elderly people, that he would be, as he said, respecting his elders. And they would always say, thank you, sir. And they would be very warm and welcoming of his gesture. Today, when I hold the door open and my young kids are watching me, so many people just walk right by my arm holding that door open without even acknowledging that I did that. Now, I don't do it just for a greeting. I do it because I'm kind and I try to be warm and inviting to people and because I was raised that way. But it is very frustrating when I do not get just, thank you. When you look around us, the people that are leading us, our local politicians, our national politicians, our sports celebrities and our musicians, their rhetoric is laced with anger and hatred and violence. And it's from both sides. Whether you're listening to Lindsey Graham or Chuck Schumer, they both despise and hate the other. You've seen more and more sports stars and music celebrities or TV show actors become involved in politics. And instead of sharing the message of, hey, let's find peace and work on this together, they get on stage and they use their platform to spew their anger and their hatred. Alyssa Milano, when did anyone begin to care about her viewpoints on political issues. LeBron James, all of the sudden he is an activist and believes that all African Americans are being oppressed and beaten today simply because of the color of their skin. LeBron's an NBA basketball player that makes $50 million a year 
the word oppressed and $50 million a year do not match. If LeBron James is really concerned about what's going on in our inner cities or to the hands of the men and women in blue, why doesn't he share some of his wealth to create programs to train the police officers to be community officers, to be more aware of how they approach individuals within the black community? Why doesn't LeBron James open shelters and homes and halfway houses throughout the United States? Now, I know I'm from Ohio. I know LeBron James has given back to the Akron community in the Cleveland area quite a bit. But a small fraction of his wealth, similar to me giving $100 a month of my income would be what LeBron James has done. If he really deeply cares about what's going on, how about giving $10 million of your roughly $100 million per year income with endorsements to good causes that you care so much about? Anytime that attorney Ben Crump gets an opportunity to get in front of a microphone, he does. And he spews hate and anger and rhetoric that's violent. Hey, Ben, how about coming in front of the microphone the next time and say, I am a saddened citizen of this country and I can't see what's happening anymore. I want to be part of the change for good. If those would be your sincere, heartfelt words, maybe things could change. When singer-songwriter Aaron Lewis sings songs like, Am I the Only One? Laced with profanity on a tirade about the state of our country. It creates a rage and anger inside those that are more conservative about the leadership in the Democratic Party and what he perceives they are doing to our great country. You see, we need to hold those individuals to a higher standard. We need to have better expectations of how they lead the young men and women who are so influenced by their words, actions, and behaviors. Unfortunately, Donald J. Trump recently announced his bid to run for president in 2024. Now, Trump did a few good things from a policy standpoint when he was in office. We had a thriving economy. We were relying on U.S. oil production, not handcuffed by foreign oil. He was creating jobs. He was making America be reliant on its own men and women, its own workers, its own factories, those are all good things that, as a libertarian, I believe and support. However, he is a vile, angry, hateful, warmongering imbecile that has nothing positive or productive to say or good about anyone else but himself. He stokes violence on both sides. He stokes violence on his side because they want to stand up and fight for him against all of the awful things that are being done. And he stokes violence on, 
in those that are against him because of that vile language and egomaniac approach that he takes every time he gets in front of a microphone. Do not vote for people like that to lead this great country. You know, I find it amazing that we can spend billions upon billions of dollars on our own political agendas, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. For example, the Democrats are hell-bent on creating green energy, electric cars, getting rid of fossil fuels and oil production. Billions upon billions of your tax dollars are going into these initiatives that are going to take decades to create. We pay billions of dollars to athletes every year to entertain us on a basketball court or football field. Their salaries have gotten completely out of control. But yet, we keep buying tickets and jerseys and memorabilia and filling stadiums every Saturday and Sunday to watch these teams play. We have given billions of dollars to many different foreign countries to serve their own agendas because they don't have the money to fund their agenda. We give it to them. Yet, we do not pay our teachers barely over minimum wage. They are underpaid, they are undertrained, and they are working in some of the most violent and challenging school districts in the United States, making barely over minimum wage. Their partners in the counseling and guidance offices are few and far between. Rampant turnover, unable to control some of our youth within those school districts. They are minimally qualified, barely certified to be a guidance counselor. Where are, is the money for that? Where are the tax dollars for our teachers and our counselors and our therapists and our principals and our curriculum developers that help these young men and women in some of the most difficult and challenging circumstances without parents at home to teach them right from wrong to have a fighting chance. If we can reallocate some of those billions of dollars toward the greater good and focus our efforts on therapy, mental health counseling, early detection initiatives, social media awareness and monitoring. If we can identify a young man or woman that's challenging early on, that has some difficulties coping with anxiety or depression, or they that may be being bullied in class, and we actually do something about it and we stop the bullies. We have the resources within those schools to help those young kids. We may be able to change the violence that we are seeing in our country today. This is not a gun issue. This is a mental health issue. This is a societal issue that has become desensitized to violence and crime. This is a societal issue that doesn't care about the sanctity of life any longer. Our children are playing video games that show 
that head kills are worth more points than body kills. If you look at the top games on every platform of Xbox and PlayStation, they're first-person shooters. Our kids spend hours upon hours upon hours with headphones and microphones on shooting other people in video games that not just look human, but they actually are another character who has been speaking to them through their microphone. When I was a kid, a rated R movie was today's PG-13. Today, our children are watching things in the movie theater that no adult probably should watch. And I see parents taking in the six-year-old, the eight-year-old to a movie that has murder scenes, sexual violence. And yet we wonder where the desensitization has come from. We wonder how a 19-year-old could think possibly that it's a good idea to go into a grocery store and shoot as many people as possible with no remorse. The gun cannot pull its own trigger. It takes a human being with a finger that makes a conscious choice to kill someone else or many people. We have got to stop playing politics with violence. You know, when I think about some of the chatterboxes that happen in Washington, D.C., one of the things that drives me crazy and makes me angry is when I hear the police chief say, had our officers not gotten there quick enough, we would have lost way more lives. What's the difference between two lives lost or 20 lives lost? Now, the logical person would say that's 18. And I would agree that losing 20 young men and women or, or aunts or uncles or fathers or mothers would have been extremely tragic for 20 families. But don't ever say something like that to the two families that lost their loved ones. Because to them, those two still matter a great deal. To them, that loss of life is their whole world. So if you reduce the semi-automatic weapon to just a handgun, and you can do that to accomplish the reduction in loss of lives from 20 to 2, that's a step in the right direction, mathematically. But what you really have to stop is people wanting to hurt other innocent people. And that doesn't come through changes in gun laws. It comes through changes in early childhood education, in elementary school, in high school, in college, and for young adults. When you see the news clips of these mass shootings or these violent acts, it is extremely rare to see it coming from a 70-year-old elderly man walking into the local Walmart. It typically has been a junior high school kid, a high school kid, college-age kid, and in the case of the University of Virginia, a football player from the University of Virginia 
who used to be on the team was the one that pulled the trigger. I'm going to make an assumption that eventually when they find out who is behind the homicides at the University of Idaho, it will be a college kid that committed this act of violence. You see, this issue is coming from our new culture that has been desensitized to violence, to aggression and anger, to treating others through the lens of hatred. It's not coming from the older generation. It's not coming from the baby boomers that are preparing for retirement. The new world order and the acts of violence being committed today are coming from our children. It is heartbreaking to see these beautiful college kids on the news, their pictures. They had so much life to live ahead of them. They're happy, smiling, playing the game they love. They have yet to experience the stress that parents and adults experience with bills and jobs and getting through your everyday grind. They're yet to get to that point. They're doing what they love. They're a college student. They're an athlete on the football field. They are no longer alive because our society has not yet said this has to stop. So I call on our politicians from both sides of the aisle, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, I call on every ethnicity in this country, black, white, Native American, Hispanic. It doesn't matter to me. I don't see different people because of the color of their skin or the vote they cast. I see all of us as human beings that are responsible for changing what's happening today before it's too late. God bless the families of these four young souls. And may God bless you as you go through your coping of your tragic loss. Chris Nickel, CEO of Moneyliners, signing out on this Wednesday, November 16th. Thank you.